Welcome to Destiny Church's weekly podcast. We're a church located in Columbia, Maryland, right between D.C. and Baltimore. And we're so glad that you decided to listen to our podcast. If you're looking for a message of hope, purpose, and destiny, then you're tuned into the right place. If you have any testimonies of what God has done in your life as a result of listening to this podcast, please email us at stories at yourdestiny.church. We love to hear how God is impacting people's lives through what he's doing at our church. Now, prepare your heart and mind to hear from God as we jump into this week's message. Ezekiel 37, chapter 1. You got uh, chapter 37, verse 1. You guys ready? Now, I'm going to read like the entire book of Ezekiel. Uh, So I'm going to read kind of fast so we can get through it. Verse 1 says this, the hand of the Lord came upon me. Somebody say, God's hand is on me. And brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very men in the open valley. And indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? I believe that this is a question that America is asking today. There's scattered separation and brokenness and all this other kind of stuff. And I believe the question is being asked, is this going to work out? Is there hope? Is there a way for this all to come together? So I answered, and here's the only answer you ever give God when he asks you a question. Oh, Lord God, you know. <laughs> Listen, God never asks you a question that he doesn't know the answer to. And Ezekiel was smart enough not to try to answer. So Ezekiel, how's it going to turn out? God, you know. <laughs> Again, he said to me, prophesy to the bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. One of the ways that God proves himself real to us is he takes the broken, scattered, dead parts of our lives And he breathes life back into our marriage, life back into our destiny, life back into our purpose. And hear me, hear me, hear me. God doesn't just bless us and fix our lives because he wants to. He does want to, but he's also proving how good he is to us through that. Verse 7, it says, I I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Come on now. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. Pause really quickly. A lot of times we know different numbers in Scripture. Seven is a number of completion. Eight is a number of new beginnings. Four is the number of the earth. You ever heard the term the four corners of the earth? Whenever you hear the word four in the Bible, it's talking about the entire earth. In other words, God was saying, hey, breath, life is going to be breathed in. It's going to be fun when everybody gets along. 
when the four corners of the earth aren't divided and separated and at each other's throat, but they decide to come together for the same cause and the same purpose. He said, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as I was commanded, breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, and exceedingly, and exceedingly, I lost you. I know I read the whole Bible. It's all good, though. We'll tie it in together. Father God, we're grateful. We're thankful. God, we are here for you. God, we pray in this moment that you would move like you want to move, that you would perform miracles. God, you would transform our lives. God, have your way, God, in this day today. God, we're playing the Steelers today. We're excited to beat them down. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen, amen. If we sit down, high five two people. Tell somebody we have the victory. Come on, tell somebody, tell somebody. Tell somebody, tell somebody. Hallelujah. Once a year, we uh, press pause on our normal sermon series uh, trajectory just to take a moment and to celebrate all that God has done and then to look forward at what we believe that God wants to do. The Bible says in Psalm how blessed it is when brethren come together in unity, for there God commands a blessing. He said there is power when people agree on why they're coming together. The reality is there's hundreds, if not thousands of people that come to Destiny Church, but it's possible for us all to come for different reasons. If I could give you this analogy, it's as if we're all individual bones scattered all over the place. God says it's no, not a problem to have your focus and have your view, but as long as everybody's scattered and individual, you'll never be the army. You'll never have the effectiveness that you could have if you were all on one page, on one accord, marching to the beat of the same drum with the same mission. So we bring Vision Sunday together to say, hey, we are Destiny Church, and this is what we believe. This is what God has called us to do as a church. Somebody say Amen. Now, before I jump into all of that, I do want to kind of get you ready. We, we, y'all, 2019 is almost over. <laughs> like, good gracious, this year. You know, some people are like, man, this year has flown by. No, this has been the longest year of my life. <laughs> it feels like it's three years stuffed in one. But we have three more months to go, and I kind of just want to help you know what to expect for the rest of the year in Destiny Church. We're starting a brand new series next week called What's In It For Me? It's going to be a fun series, and, and, and here's kind of the premise of the series. All of us are busy. We are so busy, our busy has busy. We have work, we have jobs, we have school, we have kids, and all this other kind of stuff that we're focused on. Then all of a sudden, we come to church, and we hear the pastor and God say that God has a plan for your life that God desires to use you. And I don't know about you, but sometimes when I hear that God wants to use me, I'm just like, God, where? <laughs> if you could give me a couple extra hours, 28 instead of 24 hours, you can use all the extra time, but I don't know where I'm going to fit it because there's so much that we're doing. But could it be that we're missing out on some of the greatest blessings in life because we're focused on what we're focused on and we're missing what God has for us? for us, which is greater than we could ever imagine. So that's starting on next Sunday. And then on November 10th, somebody say November 10th. 
Now, it's funny because this is Destiny Church's favorite series of the year. I mean, we get the most feedback, highest attendance. It's amazing, but it comes up every year, and that is our At The Movie series is launching on November 10th. Show of hands, how many people you've never been at the movies, you've never been at the movies, you've never seen it, 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 never seen it. okay, have you seen it or have you not? Because you're kind of like right here right now, I just, what does this mean? But anyway, At the Movies is a series that we do every single year, and we basically take modern movies and we use them to illustrate biblical truth. So there'll be different movie clips and all that other kind of stuff intertwined with the message. And it's A, a whole lot of fun, but B, it's an opportunity from people who are not used to church or, or if I'll be honest, can I give you a little bit of the Pastor Stephen's secret? One of my goals, y'all act like you didn't want it, but that's okay. <laughs> One of my goals is to throw people off. Because when you invite somebody to church, they already have a preconceived idea of what they're going to expect. And unfortunately, what they expect is boring, long, and somebody telling me how many mistakes I've made and how jacked up I am. So they walk in really with their ears closed off to anything that God has to say to them and wants to do in their lives. So ever so often, we'll throw in these at the movies or whatever it may be, and it's 100% God's word that is going to transform people's lives. When people are going to walk in, I can feel it right now. Some of you are like, I ain't going to church to watch no movie. Pastor, what date is that? Because I'm going to try me another church that Sunday. What is going on? First of all, you uptight. Calm down. Second of all, it's what Jesus did. Jesus used parables. He used stories to illustrate the goodness of God in people's lives. And every single year, it is like our highest attendance series. So here's what I'm asking. Over these next four weeks, invite, 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 invite. Invite those people that don't normally come to church. Invite those people that say, ah, I don't want to go to church. It's long, it's boring, the people are mean, all that other kind of stuff. And just be like, no, that's not my church. Just come once and you will be hooked. So those are the, what the next few weeks are going to be looking like. Y'all, we're already thinking about Christmas. They're planning Christmas services. There's going to be like a squillion different Christmas services coming up, and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be great, and it's just going to be an awesome end to the year. Amen? Now, kind of just to look back over what God has done in Destiny Church over the last 12 months, this has been a year of the greatest growth Destiny Church has ever experienced in our eight-year history. It has been unbelievable. Now, I'm not going to say to scream on every of these numbers, but the first one I give you is an absolute scream, praise God. That's why we exist as a church. You guys ready? In the last 12 months, 1,646 people have professed their faith in Jesus Christ in a Destiny Church service, given their life to Christ. Come on, can you celebrate God for that? Can you thank God? Hallelujah. You can take your seat and you don't have to stand up every time I give you a number, but that one is kind of big deal because that's why we exist as a church. Our primary focus is to help people understand that God knows you, that he loves you, that he's not mad at you, and that he has a plan and a purpose and a destiny for your life. In the last 12 months, 246 people have taken their next step and gone public with their faith through water baptism. We've had 246 people water baptized. Eight 
1,570 people are currently in a connect group meeting all over the state of Maryland. That's a whole lot of people meeting in a whole bunch of different places. 846 people currently serve on the dream team that are welcome as you walk through the door. And Destiny Kids, Greeters, Worship, Production, all these different places. 64 people are currently in our DLA, Destiny Leadership Academy, that are being trained in ministry and trained as leaders. Okay, I told you not all the numbers you have to scream. This next one, the last one, you do need to scream. You guys ready to scream? You are? You ain't going to play me, are you? Somebody's like, yeah, we are. Okay, here we go. <laughs> 200. 83,509 dollars has been given away by Destiny Church through missions, through outreach. Come on, can you celebrate God for your generosity? Is that not? Y'all clapping like you didn't hear me. You all gave over a quarter of a million dollars away to flood relief in the Bahamas and in Houston to plant 54 brand new churches across the United States of America. Some of those resources went to help our partner trip in Ashdod, Israel, to be able to meet and connect both Muslims and Jewish people to Jesus Christ. There's so much that has been done. You help keep people's lights on this year. You help people keep from getting evicted and put food on people's table that was in need. You were able to provide clothing for those that are in hurting. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for your generosity, for your heart to advance the kingdom of God. One more time, can you celebrate what God is doing through? There's a research company called Outreach Magazine that every year they kind of do a survey over churches in the nation. And after their survey, they came out and said that Destiny Church is the 36th fastest growing church in the entire nation of 300,000 churches. Listen to me. The nation is taking notice of what God is doing in you and through you. But one of the things that I've discovered is so often people have a misconception about the purpose of the church. There's a misconception about why the church exists. Many people believe that the church exists to be a place of encouragement where, where you can go and be encouraged. Some people think the purpose of the church is to remind you how jacked up you are. Like, here's God's standard, and here's where you're living. Here's God's standard, here's where you're living. Get your life together. People think that's the purpose of the church. It's a weekly get-your-life-together type of place. People think the church is a place that's supposed to, you know, help the sick and help the poor and all that other good stuff. And the reality is there's nothing wrong with being in Encourage somebody to say amen. amen. We all need a good get your life together message. Not every Sunday, but come on now. How many people know just sometimes life gets a little slipping and you just need somebody to tell you, you need to get your act together, right? And obviously we're supposed to be helping the sick and helping the poor. None of those are bad, but here's the problem. That's not why the church exists. And here's the problem. When we have a misconception of why the church exists, the church, and bigger than the church, but God's people becomes an afterthought. It's good. It's just not worth giving my life to. It's good. It's just not worth rearranging my schedule for. It's worth, it's good, it's just not worth me giving my all. And it does not line up with the church in the Bible. Because when you look at the inception of the church in the Bible, 
the disciples quit their jobs to build it. The Bible says that when Jesus came and he called them that they were fishermen. And hear me, they were affluent fishermen. They had multiple boats and employees and a business and all this kind of stuff. And they walked away from all of that to follow God. The Bible says that after Jesus ascended into heaven, that people began to sell their businesses and their properties and their houses just to have enough money so that nobody in the church was in need. They were so bought in, they gave up everything that they had. Now, everybody just got really nervous because, you know, well, Pastor, where are you going with this? Because I'm not quitting my job and I'm not selling my house. So uh, what are you talking about, Willis? <laughs> Listen, I'm not telling you to quit your job. I'm not telling you to sell your house. But here's what I'm saying, that God has called you to something that's worth diving all in. But you'll never dive on in, all in if you don't understand the purpose of it. We say the purpose of the church here at Destiny Churches. Here's what we say. Here's our vision. We exist as a church to help people know God to help people find freedom, discover their purpose, and to make a difference. Once again, why does the church exist? We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. But what does that mean? Why is that so important? Why is that something that I should give my life to? Well, here's why. Because right here in the DMV, there are millions of people who do not know God. Now notice, I didn't say they haven't heard of God. I said they don't know God. The word know in the Bible means to have an intimate relationship with. It doesn't mean they have an intellectual knowledge of him. It means there's a relationship with him. And here's a problem. When there's no relationship with God, there will always be a lack of fulfillment and emptiness inside. God has just made every human being in a way that you will never feel satisfied separated from God. You can have as many friends as you want, you can have as many degrees as you want, as many kids as you want, as many, not as many spouses as you want, but you can do, <laughs> got on a roll there, got a little excited. You can do anything that you want, you can build a great business, you can have a great nonprofit, but if you do not know God, you will always feel empty inside. Bigger than that, you'll have nowhere to go with the pains of life. Because one of the things that I've discovered is everything here on earth, the best it can do with pain is numb it. It can never heal it. Relationships can numb the pain from the past. They can never heal it. Alcohol, money, degrees, whatever, all it can do is numb, inoculate us, but it can't heal us. The Bible actually says it this way. People who don't know God are dead on the inside. And worst of all that, if you don't know God, when you pass away, and by the way, you will pass away. I don't need to be a prophet to be able to prophesy to you. There are two guarantees in your life, death and taxes. They both will never pass away. <laughs> the worst thing about not knowing God is when you do pass away, you don't have to pay taxes anymore, but you will be separated from God for all of eternity. And we exist as a church to make it impossible for anyone in the DMV not to have heard and have a shot, a real chance at encountering a God that loves them and loves you more than you can ever imagine. But it's not just enough to know God. You can know God and be in bondage. You can know God and not have internal freedom. And here's what happens when you don't have internal freedom. You end up self-sabotaging your own destiny. There's something that you're going after. There's something that you want. But with nobody else's help, you mess it up because of your anger problem. 
because of your insecurity, because of your fear, because of your issues and your problems. And you, you know how it's so easy, we want to blame somebody else, but you get into some situation, you're like, I just, that, that, that was me. That was all me. Nobody even was involved. I messed that up all by myself. I don't know if you're a sports fan, but we're, we're, we're kind of watching that happen in sports right now. One of the greatest wide receivers ever in two weeks missed out on $40 million. I want to be like, bruh, <laughs> if only God gave me those speed, that hand. And you can't blame anybody. It's self-sabotage. Because here's the reality. You can have a glimpse of the giftings, the call, the destiny in your life. But as long as you are tethered to the hurt, the pain, the tragedy, the abuse of your past, you can never run after who God's called you to be with full energy and full trajectory. It will always take you longer and more energy and take more from you. And it's not because God is good. It's because the past still has hold of you. It's not just enough to know God. It's not just enough to find freedom. But you have to discover your purpose. Why did God make me this way? You know God made you on purpose, right? Like everybody's like, Pastor, you're ignorant. There's a reason why God made me so ignorant. <laughs> There's a reason why God made me so sarcastic or God made you so quiet or so analytical. He said you are fearfully and wonderfully made. For the men, you're fearful. For the woman, you're wonderful. God says, I made you on purpose for a purpose. Here's the problem. Most people don't know their God-given purpose. And anytime you don't know the purpose of something, you are going to misuse that thing. And everything that is misused will eventually feel abused. And everything that is abused will eventually be discarded. And if I go through life not knowing what my purpose is, at some point I will find myself in a position where I feel discarded, put aside, not wanted, abused and misused. And, 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 and I hate to say it this way, it's not their fault. Because it's not their job to know what the value on my life is. It's my job to know the value on my life and to hold everybody else accountable for responding for this value in kind. It's not just enough to know your purpose, but it's vital that you make a difference. And here's what happens when you don't make a real difference, an eternal difference here on earth. There is a deep-seated frustration inside that words can't explain. It's amazing how people, they, they, they live with these frustrations and they don't even know why. I feel empty inside. It's because you don't know God. I feel abused and misused. I, I feel like I'm self-sabotaging myself. I just feel frustrated. I go to work. I make money. I pay bills. I save. I, I just feel frustrated. Could it be that you haven't tapped into your eternal purpose? You, you could make a lot of progress in life in the wrong direction. And there's nothing more frustrating than working hard at something that ultimately doesn't really matter. I remember this Sunday, this summer, I was on vacation, and, and, and I came to the early morning service at Destiny Church, and then I had to leave, because I don't know if y'all know this, whether I preach or not, if I'm here, I'm working. I'm just walking around, I'm just like, there's dust on that, this need to move, that need to move, or whatever, so I'm like, I need to get out of here. So I went to a French church, he has a church in Baltimore City, the mixed church, and they meet in Dunbar High School. So I put in my phone, Dunbar High School, jumped on the road and just started driving, got on 295 South and started driving towards D.C., 
And I'm like, I'm trying to go to Baltimore. Why am I driving towards D.C.? And I look on my phone, and then I realize, y'all, there's a Dunbar High School in D.C. <laughs> Why is there a Dunbar High School in D.C.? There is only one Dunbar High School. It's in Baltimore City. It's the only one that matters. Every other Dunbar is a fake, a phony. Anyway, <laughs> I was so frustrated because I, I felt like, y'all, I was on time when I left. And then after 15 minutes in the wrong direction, I realized not only was I no longer on time, now I'm late, now I'm behind. Everybody knows I'm the pastor. I'm walking down a third song just like, they're like, Pastor, you want to sit up front? I was like, no, 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 I'll sit, I'll sit here in the back. But here's what happens. You can be burning gas, burning money, burning energy, burning relationships, giving your effort to something that is in the wrong direction. I've heard it said before, it's not an original quote, but but so often we can be so busy trying to climb the the ladder of life that it's not till we get to the top of the ladder that we realize it was leaning on the wrong building. And you got to the top, but you got to the top of something that didn't really matter. Why, why, Why does Destiny Church exist? Not just to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, but can I say it this way? To help people not to waste their life. Not to give all your time and your effort, not to something that God doesn't think is important, but something that after a matter of time, you're going to look at and you're going to say, what am, what am I doing? Th- th- this is not worth it. What I want to do is pause here and not kind of tell you the vision, but I want to show you the vision. Check out this testimony for somebody who came to Destiny Church and actually experienced knowing God, finding freedom, discover purpose, and making a lasting difference. Check this out. My dad has been incarcerated since I was 16 months. My mom, she got married when I was 11 years old, and she married a Muslim. Being in a home with one Muslim parent and one Christian parent was confusing for us because we would go over my grandmother's and she would take us to church. But when we got back home, it was like a Muslim household. During the time, of spending time with my grandmothers. I was molested. I kept it to myself until I became an adult. Living in that bondage was hard for me um, because I couldn't share that with anyone. I mean, my grandmother was just so close, so not sharing that with her hurt me. My grandmother ended up passing, and I just felt like I should have told her this before she passed away. So her passing and me still holding on to that, it was just hard. I started to party. I started to drink. I met someone, and he was a Muslim. We got into a relationship, and I thought to myself, could my upbringing be the reason I gravitated towards him? And I became pregnant, and I had my son at 21. I went through a period of shame, you know, just having him. I was just lost, I was confused. It made my relationship with God even darker. I got to a point where it's like, okay, I wanna go back to church again, I wanna feel different. Right before coming to Destiny, I had a long prayer with God. And I was just like, God, please place me in an environment where I can be myself, where I'm accepted, where I'm loved. I started to come consistently during at the movie series. I really liked it. It was it was totally different. You know, the energy here, it was popcorn, it was 
Transformers. It was like you were at the movies, like a movie premiere. I started to come back more, and I started to come every Sunday. I was like, okay, God, if this is what you have for me, I want it. Because I got tired of doing it on my own. I got home, and I was like, okay, God. And I surrendered in my bathroom on my floor. Someone asked me, did I know about Growth Track? And I didn't know about Growth Track, and they explained to me what it was. So I joined the Dream Team. I joined Host. I became more personable. I became more what I want to call me because it felt natural. I started to carry a confidence like I didn't before. I was someone that I knew I could have been. I was this person all along. I just had to really get to a place where I accepted it and know whose I was. If you're wondering where you fit in at Destiny and confused about joining a dream team, I would definitely say you are needed because God needs you. He needs you to build his house so he can continue to build yours and transform you into who he called you to be. Joining the dream team, you're just not coming on Sundays and just leaving. You're here with family. You're developing relationships. You're building his house. You're in community with people that care about you, people that love on you, and it's transforming. Come on, can you celebrate what God is doing? Here's the thing, that's just one story out of 1,600 in just the last 12 months. The whole goal is to help people understand it doesn't matter what you've been through, God still loves you. Like, you know, as people, we give up on people. God, it, God's not capable of giving up on people. And it's not just a matter of, hey, I want you saved. It's I want you free from the shame of the mistakes that you made or what were done to you that you could discover you have a purpose. There is a difference that I have called you to have here on earth. From day one, our mission at Destiny Church has been to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and until the day God comes back, that will be the mission of this church. Somebody shout amen. amen. That's why I have a really cool announcement today. Drum roll, please. Oh, it was a real drum roll. Good job, good job, good job, good job. But what's the next step of this mission? What's the next step of the vision? Well, here it is on February 9th. 2020, oh, I won't tell you, just check out this video, go for it. <laughs> the vision of Destiny Church has always been to make it easy for anyone living in the DMV to know Jesus, to help people discover their God-given destiny, and to know that they are loved, significant, gifted children of God. We will do everything in our power to make room for one more. Now announcing.
Come on now. On February 9th, 2020, Destiny Church is going from one location to one church in two different locations, Destiny Church, Columbia, Destiny Church, Baltimore County, that's going to be meeting in the Owings Mills, Randallstown area. Be more, we coming home. Just all the way exciting. And because of technology, it's going to be one church in two different locations. The Baltimore County location, they're going to have live worship and a worship team that's there. They're going to have a campus pastor, which I'm about to announce in a few seconds. But when they get to the point of the message, they're actually going to plug in with what's going on right here at Columbia. And I'm going to be able to preach to everybody in this room and through technology, preach to everybody at the Baltimore County location at the same time. It's going to be the same experience in that place. And actually all going to be led by our campus pastor, Jonathan Ball. Come on now. All the way cool. If you don't know Jonathan and his beautiful wife and his whole family, they are just a blessing uh, to Destiny Church, and, and, and one of the reasons why I said Jonathan Ball is because if we let him do it, everybody's going to go with him. So <laughs> literally, first service, you're not to, I didn't even tell you that. Somebody said, Jonathan's going, oh, I'm going. I'm like, you don't even live in Baltimore. Like, I don't care. I'm going, man. Jonathan's there. I'm there. It is going to be amazing. And here's why, because it is our goal to make it difficult in the DMV to go to hell. The Bible says that Jesus is a stumbling block. And honestly, as a pastor, I can't help you with that. Like the only way to have a relationship with Jesus is to surrender to him, to give your life to him. But here's what I've realized. In church, there's a whole bunch of other man-made stumbling blocks that have nothing to do with Jesus. And I can help with that. It's my job as a pastor to remove every other stumbling block there is. For example, nothing to do with my children during the service is a stumbling block. Like, I'm sorry, I have kids and I don't want to hold my three-year-old in a service and try to keep her from embarrassing me and punching the person next to me or whatever it may be. That's why Destiny Kids is not just babysitting, but it is a place where your children can have an experience with God on their level. That's a good place to say amen. And the reality is a 45-minute commute from Baltimore County to church every Sunday is a stumbling block. And our goal is to remove that stumbling block, so can I just say it this way, so people have no excuse from getting into the presence of God every single Sunday. Now, PG's like, well, we stumbling all the way up 95. Like, <laughs> don't worry, PG, we haven't forgotten about you. We are coming soon, and as soon as we have something to announce, we will let you know. But it's not going to start with PG. It's going to be in MoCo, and I just believe that God is going to put a destiny church literally all over the DMV so that people can encounter God. Be honest with you, there's only one thing that's really keeping us from having a greater impact here in this area, and it's resources. It's financial resources, and it's not just financial resources, it's human resources. People that say, Pastor, I don't just want to walk in the door, sit, receive from service, and go home, but I actually want to be involved making a place for other people to encounter God. Hey, I want to be out in the parking lot. I would love to make people feel welcome when they come in. I say this often, but I don't think I can say it enough. We know you know how to park your car. 
They ain't out there to make you help you park your car. They're out there that you get an experience from the second you turn in and say, we are so honored that you have joined us today. We need people to say, hey, count me in for the Baltimore County. I want to be possible for other people to encounter God. Count me in, count me in, count me in. GLA, our Destiny Leadership Academy, where we're training the next leaders of the church. I said something that kind of just threw them off, shocked them, and, and I like shocking people, so I'm going to tell it to you guys, too. You guys ready? By, by, by a show of hands, really quick, if you just slip your hand in the air for me, how many people that you started coming to Destiny Church in the last two years, you started coming in the last two years, last two years, last two years, come on, raise it, raise it proud, raise it proud, last two years, oh my gosh, that's the whole room. Sheesh, okay, that's great, we're all going to be offended, great, okay, cool. So if you've been coming in the last two years, here's what I need you to understand. That there were 500 people at Destiny Church two years ago that did not want you here. <laughs> the other, huh? Who are they? Fine, you don't want me here, I'm leaving then. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that they didn't like you personally or whatever. Maybe they had something against you. Here's just how we are designed as humans. We love things to stay the way they are when we fell in love with it. So everybody that was coming to church two years ago, they loved Destiny Church, and they said, man, I like it just this way. Leave it. Don't change anything. And honestly, there's about 2,000 people that are like, I'm so glad that you didn't leave it this way. It's amazing how we wanted to stay the way it was when we walked through the door. But we have to understand, like we just saw in Ezekiel, that God didn't call us to be a bunch of scattered pieces separated, running after what we feel called or what we want to do. God called us to be a unified people with one mission saying it's not just about me. About me is a part of it, but it's a part of it. It's not the whole thing. The other part is that God would use me to make it possible for other people to have the same encounter with him that I have. Somebody say amen. Now, we haven't forgotten about Columbia. We are looking for a larger building. God help us, because five services, it's a lot, and we're going to do everything we possibly can do to make sure that people can encounter God, but we're looking for a larger building, and that's going to be a little bit of a process. We're going to need about $3.5 million to be able to put a down payment on the size building that we need. There's good news and there's better news. Which y'all want first? good news and then the better news. Well, the good news is because of your generosity, by the end of the year, we would have already saved a million of those $3.5 million. So you guys keep on being generous because you're already moving us down the ball. And then the other better news is this. I stood up on this platform 18 months ago and told 650 people, hey, we need a million dollars to be able to get a permanent building. And God provided it in four weeks from the generosity of another place. So how many people know he is still in the miracle doing business? business, and what may sound like, oh my gosh, that's a lot, that don't even worry about, just watch him work, and I'm telling you, it's going to be another opportunity for us to celebrate the goodness of God. Now, here as I close, it's so important for you to understand, I don't just have a vision for the church, I have a vision for your life. What do you mean you have a vision for my life? I hope you're not offended, but I didn't just, just open the doors and invite you here because I just want you to hear and go. I, I, I believe that God wants to do something in your life. And what God wants to do in your life, I believe, is the same thing that he wants to do through this church, and that's to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. Pastor, already know God, but here's the problem. Unless you've been alive for infinity years, 
you don't know as much of God as there is. And maybe there's still an emptiness inside where you just feel unfulfilled. You just feel like, man, I've done so much, but I haven't yet kind of hit my place where I just feel like this is what life is all about. God says, hey, there's more of me that you haven't experienced yet. Maybe you're like all of us, and you find yourself sometimes self-sabotaging your own destiny. And what I want for you is to find some more freedom. To be able to get to a place where that thing, that memory, that tragedy no longer affects your outlook on life. My goal is that you would discover why God made you the way that he made you so that you wouldn't be abused, misused, or discarded, but that you would be able to discover what it is that he's called me to do and that you would do it for a purpose, on purpose. So pastor, how do I do that? Can I give you four practical steps and we're going to land this plane? Here's the first thing, and if you can write this down. I need you, Pastor, do you need me? I do, I need you. I need you to commit your whole life to God. How, how do I know God? Commit your whole life to God. One of the problems with so many of us, whether you were raised in church or raised in another religion or, or, or not raised in church at all, for so many of us, our faith is cultural. You know what I mean? Like, are you a Christian? Yes. How long have you been a Christian? Forever. Not possible. I was raised a Christian. No, you weren't. You were raised a heathen. <laughs> you don't believe me? Go talk to my one-year-old Roman. He says, mine, mine. Roman, who broke this? Zoe, when he broke it, he's a heathen. <laughs> now, we're praying that God will save him, but he ain't there yet. We were just raised with this cultural mindset of, I'm a Christian because I'm not anything else. No, 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 no. Do you know God and you won't know him unless you're all in? Jeremiah 29, 13 says this, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. Before I was a pastor, I was an econ major at the best school on planet Earth, University of Maryland, College Park. I feel some HU skepticism in the room, but whatever. <laughs> Maryland did play Howard this year, didn't they? How'd that turn out? <laughs> But in econ, they had this concept, it's a math concept, it's called an if-then. If this, then this. If not this, then not that. God said, if you seek me wholeheartedly, then you will. But if you don't seek me, let's put it this way, if you seek me half-heartedly, can I say something? If you seek God half-heartedly, you don't find half of God. You find none of him. And so many people went to church with a half-hearted attempt to encounter God. They didn't find God. The only thing they found was religion and rules and rituals and emotional reactions to moments. And God is saying, no, you will find me when you are all in. I need to commit my whole life to God. Here's the second thing. I need to find freedom. How do you find freedom? By surrounding myself with the right relationships. 
I, I, I was listening to a podcast uh, from Dr. John Maxwell this week, and he said something that, I'm telling you, it rattled my rib cage. It was just, John Maxwell, he's like everybody's granddad, but he's a savage. He's crazy. He says this. He says, anybody who's not willing to bring in outside accountability for something they're looking to change in their life doesn't really want to change it. Let me say it again. He said, anyone who's not willing to bring in outside accountability to something they want to change in their life, you don't really want to change it. And I was just like, ugh. Because I'm thinking about how I don't want nobody to know when I go to the gym, how do I go to the gym? I don't need no accountability because I'm not really trying to change. <laughs> or things that are more important. I've never told anybody I had an anger problem. I've just said I'm not going to blow up like that again. Because the reality is, I care more about my dignity than I care about freedom. The Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. That word walks means to have an intimate relationship. In other words, it's this, the people that speak into your life, the people who you do life with, your victories will be their victories, but your issues will be their issues. So when I walk with godly people, guess what? I become godly. When I walk with selfish people, guess what? I become selfish. When I walk with angry people, when I walk with insecure people, how do I find freedom? Get around the right people. Join a connect group. 1,870 people at Destiny Church has figured out when I get around some other people that are going after what I'm going after, all of a sudden something changes inside of me. Here's why, because I know everybody sitting in this room right now, I know two things about you. One, I know you have issues. Two, I know you think you're the only person with that issue. No, nobody else does this or blows up like this or thinks like this or is discouraged like this or whatever. And because we think we're the only one, we try to keep it to ourselves, not realizing that the second you care more about being free than your dignity, and you say, hey, excuse me, I blow up sometimes. I love Jesus. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, but I blow up sometimes. Guess what's going to happen? Everybody will be like, you too? I thought I was the only one. And instead of judging each other, you're able to say, hey, can you help me? Because who I am is not who God called me to be, and it's not who I want to stay. The third thing I need to do is this. I need to discover my God-given purpose. So often we get angry at other people when they misuse us, abuse us, or discard us. This is heavy. Please don't hear me being judgmental, but the reality is we let them treat us that way because we don't truly have a confidence in our own purpose because when you know who you are and you know whose you are, you require everybody else to treat you as such or they don't get access. The second we let access of to people in our lives that treat us below who God's called us to be. I hate to say it this way. It's not their problem. It's mine because I'm believing what they say about me instead of what God 
In Psalm 139, 16, it says this, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. I know who God made me to be. Pastor, where do I get started in discovering my purpose? That's the whole purpose of the growth track. Give me four weeks, and I'll tell you what will happen and what won't happen. What won't happen in four weeks is you will not 100% know why God made you the way that he made you. But what will happen in four weeks is you're going to discover how do I run after it? Where do I start? How do I discover who he made me to be? And then the last thing is this. I need to live my life doing something that matters. There's a lot of good things There's not a lot of great things. And the reality is you can give your life doing good things, but you're going to be frustrated at the end. Because what's really going to happen is you're going to give a lot of your time to doing something that's good, but after you step away from it for a season, there's not going to be much to show for it. God says, I don't just want you giving your life for good things. I want you giving your life for things that matter. Psalm 90 verse 12 says this, teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. Pastor, what matters? God matters. Like God matters. So because God matters, I'm going to give my life doing things that matters to him. And I'm going to make sure I don't give my life to things that pull me away from him. Pastor, what matters to God? People matter. Like people matter. Like people really matter to God. Like, you know, we look around and we see people living separated from God or in bondage or not living out their purpose. And for us, it may frustrate us if we even notice for God, it breaks his heart. It matters. Pastor, what matters? Eternity matters. Like, you know this life that we're living here on earth? It's like a drop in the bucket, a drop in the ocean of what our existence is going to be. Uh, I'll give you this analogy and then, then I'll let this explain. It's, it's like if you, if you have a niece or a nephew or a child or whatever it may be and they're in the middle school and they come home distraught because somebody in middle school doesn't like them. You know, maybe they have a crush on somebody or maybe their the group of friends were talking about them behind their back and they come, and their world is over. Like, this was my crew. These are my people. And, and you're better than me. You have empathy. You have compassion. So you, you try to encourage them, but inside you're laughing. <laughs> somebody said, right, you're like me. Because <laughs> you're like, listen, boo-boo, if you understood, like you're in eighth grade. By ninth grade, you won't even know who they are. By senior year, they'll be in Wichita, Kansas. You won't even remember their name. By the time you're 35, you won't even remember what middle school you went to. Do you understand how this moment right now in your life, in the grand scheme of things, means? Now watch this. That middle school heartbreak is equivalent to your 97 years here on earth compared to eternity. We're like, God, I wanted that promotion. God, I really want this car. God, I want that house. God, I really wanted this. I wanted that. And God's just like... Aw. <laughs> it's not that that's bad. You want the car, get the car. Get the V8, though. Don't get the V6. You want the house, get the house. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just a drop in the bucket compared to eternity. 
And God is saying, don't let the distractions of right now get your focus off of what really matters. Because you see, most people don't know this. When you get to heaven, God's going to ask you two questions. The first question he's going to ask you is, is, what did you do with my son Jesus? I accepted him. He's, he's a part of my life. And he's going to say, great, come on in. And then the second thing he's going to do is he's going to say, did you do what I sent you to earth to do? Did you complete your mission? What's going to be heartbreaking is some people are going to say, God, I didn't even know you had a mission for me. You say, I was trying to tell you, but you got distracted. Some people are going to say, God, I, I got it late in life. I did 10%. I did 25%. I did 50%. I did 75%. I'm trying to get up there and say, God, I did 99%. There's no such thing as 100 because you ain't perfect, but God, I did almost all of it. And he's going to say, your reward here in heaven is equivalent to how much of your destiny you lived out on earth. Eternity matters. God, teach us to number our days. Can we pray? Father God, we're grateful. God, we're thankful. God, that you didn't just save us, but you saved us, us, us and you freed us. And God, you didn't just free us, but you freed us for a purpose. And you didn't just give us a purpose for whatever, but you gave us a purpose to make an eternal difference. God, we're praying that we wouldn't be fragmented people, but we'd be an army rising. God, building your kingdom while building the lives and the destiny that you had for us. Just where you are with your eyes closed and your head bowed, if you could pray this prayer with me, say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And just give God a moment to make this time personal to you. Really what he's saying is, what's your next step? But you can't take a next step until you've taken a first step. That first step is, I want to know God. I don't want to hear about him. I want to know him. If you're in here, you say, Pastor, I can't truly say that I have an intimate, a real relationship with God, but I want to. It's your moment right now. I'm not going to have you stand up or come up front. This is a moment that's between you and God. But you're saying, man, I want to know God. Can you pray this prayer with me? Say, Lord Jesus, I want to know you. So today, I invite you in my life. I wholeheartedly follow you. Thank you for dying on the cross so that all my sins, all my mistakes can be erased. Be my Lord and my Savior, and use me for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Come on, church, can you celebrate for every single person that just made the greatest? Come on, that's a golf clap. Can you just act like people just made the greatest decision? Thanks again for tuning in to this week's message. If you want to learn more about our church, check us out at www.yourdestiny.church. Meet our leadership team, find a way to connect with our church, and partner with us through giving. You can also connect with us on social media by visiting our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages. Tune in next week for another message from our pastor, Stephen Chandler.